When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Two of the Lombardi line presented by MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. I love this exercise, Wes. I talk about it all the time. Bet now or bet later. Because I think this is one of the smarter exercises we do here to really try to help uh, somebody figure out if they should wait on a number if it's going to go in their favor. And again, it really does depend on which side of the equation you might be on, right? And that's the whole process of betting now or betting later. Let's start off with the national championship game. I can't believe we're down to one. Well, there is there's another bowl game tonight. There is the Texas Bowl tonight. And let me go ahead and update the line on that, by the way. It is LSU against Kansas State. Kansas State now at minus seven. I actually have them plus three because Whoa. the LSU opened there. And look, I thought, okay, LSU is going to have some transfers and they're going to have some guys sitting out. And there's the thought, too, that maybe they put it all on the line in that final game for Coach O against Texas A&M, and they ended up winning. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, LSU, we know Miles Brennan out with the arm injury. Max Johnson's already transferred He's out. Gone. Garrett Nussmeyer is, go is currently a redshirt. We'll see if they unredshirt him. Skylar Thompson, the quarterback, did get upgraded to probable. So at this point, it's hard to bet Kansas State, and that's the thing with these bowl games. you got to get them early kind of before the information comes out and you know that's what I was able to do here taking plus three with the team that's laying seven right now but that is the bowl game for tonight the Texas Bowl I gotta think Kansas State's gonna be motivated to play an SEC team like LSU but at this point I wouldn't be laying seven should have bet that one now then because betting it later now is going to really cost you if you want to back K-State mm -hmm. in this one. And I don't know how you back LSU in this spot. But when you do look at Alabama against Georgia, right, for all the marvels here coming up uh, in just about, what, one week? Uh, it'll be a week from last night. Yes. Um, you saw where it opened. It surprised me that Alabama opened as the favorite. Okay, and then maybe, I mean, look, if you watch the Georgia-Michigan game like the rest of the country did, that was Ultra impressive. Not saying Alabama wasn't impressive against Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was more of a pedestrian cover for Alabama. Georgia felt like it was never in doubt. They just they flexed their muscles. They showed who they were all year with the one hiccup against Alabama. Now it's gone all the way to Ugga laying the three and that total at 47 and a half. So that, that total has come down six points, Wes. Normally you don't see that. Normally it goes the other way. Mm -hmm. People want to bet overs everybody's betting the under in this thing, and everybody right now is betting for Georgia. 
Yeah, and and look, uh, this is kind of the payback game, of course, from the SEC title game where it was kind of like, okay, here we go again. And that's why I think a lot of people didn't like Georgia against Michigan, or at least you had some more two-way support, and Michigan got their fair share of support because you get some recency bias because that's what we've always seen is that Georgia is always really good but not quite good enough to beat Alabama. 41-24 was that SEC title game on December 4th. Uh, you know, that might be surprising to some that Georgia is the favorite. But look, uh, what was Alabama last month? They were getting six in the spot. So the line has already, I think, been discounted here with Alabama and Georgia. I was talking about this with Danny Burke yesterday on Rush Hour. I believe both of us have a ticket on Georgia to win the national championship from the start of the season at 7-1. to So this is kind of that deal where okay, do you want to hedge a little bit here with uh, with uh, Georgia and also uh, Alabama maybe on the money line? And I'll explain kind of how that works. I know this is might be a rudimentary concept, but for new betters, 7-1 sure. to one on Georgia, let's say you bet $100 and it wins. Then you win $700. Now you look at what the money line is and you try to shop around as best as you can. The highest money line I'm seeing right now at BetMGM, I think it's like plus a buck and a quarter. Plus a dollar thirty is basically what I see, you know, ahead of time. So look, how much do you want to bet on that money line to go ahead and say, okay, let's say I want to bet three hundred dollars on a plus one thirty money line to win three ninety, and then that takes out obviously the hundred you're going to lose on the Georgia future. So that's a way to lock in profit. Yes, if you want to go ahead and do that. Now you would get more profit, I think, probably if Georgia goes ahead and wins that future. But that's what a lot of pro betters do is they're looking to lock in profit when you have live futures. Now, if you've only bet like 20 or 30 bucks or something on this, then you know what? Don't go ahead and do it. Then you can let it ride. But if you're somebody that's like bet few thousand dollars, you might then you're talking about, about a lot of money here and, and, and you don't want to be out. So that's absolutely why you want to hedge out in this spot. So uh, look, I like Georgia in the game. They were my pick to win the uh, national championship, I believe, in the uh, in the betting guide. I think I think that's right. Actually, no, it's not. I had them in the final, but I don't know if I picked them to win, even though I did bet them just at a good number at seven to but, one. But, but still, to your point here, Wes, when you look at it and you see that the the number has gone to the dogs here laying three, if we try to anticipate where this line is going to move. Do you think it's going to stay right where it is, or is there value in betting that or betting later, depending on the size? I do think it's probably going to stay where it is. I think, you know, at three, you'll see some Alabama money, and at two and a half, you'll see some Georgia yeah. money. So I, I, I don't think that this is going to go. I wouldn't anticipate unless there's like some big injury, like a Bryce Young injury or something like that for, for Alabama or Will Anderson on the defense, then you'll see it move. But it's basically three, but it's kind of like what I would call a tepid three at some places. That means three with reduced juice on mm -hmm. Georgia. So obviously at three, you know, it's like three minus 105 at BetMGM. So that means it's minus 115 plus three on Alabama. So uh, I, I really think that this is going to be kind of where it is. So I don't really have a bet now or bet later recommendation because I think this is pretty much what the price is going to be. I think you're going to get two-way action on this game. You know, it's, it's so funny. It's almost like betting against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, right? So even though he's lost three of those Super Bowls, if I wake up betting Tom Brady every time, I go – Okay, well, if I got beat, somebody beat me with Tom Brady in my ticket in my hand, I got to tip my cap to him. That's the way I look at Nick Saban. That's the way I look at Bryce Young as the Heisman Trophy winner over Stetson Bennett. No disregard to those to Kirby Smart or Stetson Bennett. But if you're giving me points, 
and you're giving me Nick Saban, mm-hmm. and you're giving me the Heisman it's, Trophy. It's, it's hard to turn down. Right. I, I, I get that. You see what I mean? Look, so this is one of those games because I think these are the two clear best teams in college football where it's like, I can't say that you're wrong if you like Georgia, right. and I can't say that you're wrong if you like Alabama. I totally understand why you would want to take points with Nick Saban because uh, Kirby Smart uh, hasn't gotten the better of his mentor. I think this was the first year. I think it went to like 21 in a row, Nick Saban beating his assistants <laughs> until Jimbo got him in College Station wow. earlier this year. So, look, there's a reason why, and there's that shroud of, hey, this guy in a big game. You know, like I said, I'm from Missouri, and you got to show me. You got to show me you can beat Nick Saban in a big game. So I understand that approach, but I do like Georgia in this spot. All right. Let's talk a little bit uh, in the NFL here. And I think you can understand why some people have already bet it now. And I'm talking about the San Francisco 49ers against the Rams, because this is a spot. It's a great point you just made about Kirby uh, against Nick Saban. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, they go back. Mm -hmm. I covered both those guys when they were young bucks in the game coming up in Washington, D.C., and now they are looked at as two of the better coaches in the NFL. Kyle has won this battle, if you will, of minds a lot. This line opened up at 6.5. It's down to 4.5 here for the Rams. Now, San Francisco needs this game to win, right? The Rams need it as well if they want to lock in potentially a two-spot if Tampa Bay were to slip up. So there's still some, some incentive there for the Rams. Depending on the side, would you bet it now or bet it later? Yeah, I think uh, probably you it, You might have already wanted to bet it now if you were to the 49ers. Yeah. It was like in five, five and a half yesterday. It is down to four and a half. I don't think that that is a huge difference, even though there's more key numbers. Usually there's been some scores that have landed on five here. So look, uh, you know, Shanahan has gotten the better of McVay. It's not just that, but also the key storyline here is, is is if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to go with that thumb. He was not able to go, uh, I believe, uh, last Sunday against Houston. So, you know, if it's Trey Lance, oh boy, I'm not as interested. That doesn't mean I wouldn't absolutely not take the 49ers here, but... I just think that if you got to maybe try to take a shot here that you think Jimmy G is going to play. And plus, this is the playoffs on the line. Yes. I mean, this has to be really bad if Jimmy G is not going to go in week 18 where he's kind of not only fighting for his job still in San Francisco, but for somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So Jimmy G is going to want to play. And, you know, I got to think that, you know, Kyle Shanahan is going to let him play because I think everybody knows the situation there. When you draft a quarterback at number three in the draft, he is your guy for better or worse. And you are going to eventually give the keys to the car to Trey Lance. Coming. And it's probably going to be uh, week one of next season. So, you know, they want to also do right by Jimmy G and be like, okay, we want to give him a chance to kind of go out on his shield Mm -hmm. a little bit. So I'd say probably. Probably this has a little bit room to go downwards, maybe to four or three and a half. So I would still say bet now at the Niners. I see we can sneak one more in before we take a break. And I want to go to the Patriots and the Dolphins because this game opened up New England two and a half. It's all the way up to six and a half here. It's been a house of whores Mm -hmm. for Bill Belichick. And he doesn't have many houses of whore. He normally dominates. Now he's going to go back down there. Again, outside shot still to win the AFC East. Dolphins, boy, they laid an egg last week at Tennessee. 
Would you bet it now or bet it later? Trying to anticipate this line move. I'd say bet a little bit later on the Dolphins once you can get seven pretty much market-wide. And by the way, if you shop around, you can start to find some sevens out there on the Miami Dolphins. At BetMGM, it's minus six and a half, minus $1.15 on the Patriots. So when that gets juiced to the favorite, that tells you that it potentially could go to seven here. So at seven, that's where I would bet it with Miami. And Miami did get eliminated from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There were about three teams in one swoop that got eliminated last week with the Chargers beating the Broncos. Miami was one of them. Cleveland uh, was another one as well. And then obviously Denver. So, look, Brian Flores, this is old mentor, oh, Bill Belichick. So I think this team down. is going to get out. And by the way, eight and eight, Miami still can win and have a winning season. And there's a big difference between nine and eight and eight and nine. So I'd say bet it at seven with Miami. I kind of like that advice as well. When we come back, let's dip our toe into the NBA waters on a Tuesday night slate. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Tracker now available on VEASAN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VEASAN.com to get the current current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the very best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and much, much more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at VEASAN.com slash NFL. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here. It is the Lombardi line. And before we get into the NBA slate for the evening, we are seeing some breaking news right now, Wes, as we speak. And we've talked a lot about it in the first hour of the show. And again, you can listen to uh, Lombardi line on your, your favorite podcast and catch up with some of the things we were talking about there. But it does involve the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. And again, we talked about maybe coach of the year, obviously implications for Mike Vrabel if they win this weekend and or right now to represent the, the AFC in the Super Bowl at some longer odds. It looks like they're going to designate Derrick Henry to return to practice. Now, this is a, a key development because, again, if they get the number one seed with a win this weekend, they're going to have a week off in that first first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, from where we talk right now, we're looking at three weeks before they have to play their first uh, game potentially with Derrick Henry. Does it sway your opinion of the Titans knowing 
that the king, as they like to say down there in Tennessee, is going to be returning to the practice field soon. And theoretically, I got to think, if you're getting that big boy up there for practice, you're planning on playing him in the postseason. Right, and it really doesn't sway. I think it is going to sway the mind in, 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 a, in some of the betters. You might see the odds shorten, but still – even if he comes back, that's going to be his first game back in the playoffs against whoever that four or five is right now it would be bills or Patriots. So look, uh, you know, two decent defenses that you have to make your debut against, even though he did uh, run over the bills earlier <laughs> this year. So look, uh, it doesn't really sway it as much, okay. uh, at least from, from my perspective, I think the market is probably going to adjust because they know, okay, there are going to be betters that are going to bet Tennessee, whether it's like for the win the conference or for the Super Bowl, because people bet on news immediately. Yes. So that's when you're a bookmaker, even if the news doesn't matter as much to you and you don't think it makes that much of a difference, you're going to move that number at least prematurely before people can go ahead and bet and just get you on a better number. I think it's excellent advice. And again, Dante Freeman's done a really good job. You look at the numbers since Derrick Henry's been out, and really the rushing attack hasn't varied very much. So to your point, Wes, I think the astute uh, handicapper that you are, you realize that the public might adjust their perception mm -hmm. of the Titans, but it might not adjust yours because really there hasn't been that big a production drop-off. Right. So we'll see how that plays out. But again, it does look like Derrick Henry is going to be returning to practice. So you got to think theoretically they're going to try to get him ready in about three weeks. Uh, let's dip our toe into the NBA uh, waters tonight, and let's start off with the Grizzlies against the Cavaliers here. Now, the Grizzlies, boy, they've been a, a great uh, against against the spread here in their last nine on the road, and the over has ticked over the last four road games. So here they are in that familiar spot here. It's been very advantageous to Grizzlies backers. Do you like them again on the road tonight in Cleveland? Yeah, the over's pretty much getting uh, all the money here, even though we've seen a little bit of droppage down to about, 215 and a half, 216 from that standpoint. John Morant, really great last night, 36 on 14 of 22 shooting, eight assists, six rebounds. That's four straight games of 30 plus for John Morant. Uh, now against Cleveland, it's going to be a little tougher task, even though the Cavs did just lose Ricky Rubio for the season. But this is a really good defensive team. They've got some young bigs down there, Mobley, who was mm -hmm. first round draft pick out of USC, mm -hmm. also Jared Allen. So when you get those two playing, they're only giving up 100.7 points per 100 possessions. Opponents uh, are not shooting that great in terms of not only for mid-range attempts and whatnot. That's where John ja Morant lives. 76% uh, of his shots are either at the rim or in that kind of mid-range. So uh, I have not I have not played this game, uh, but Memphis did get a nice win at Brooklyn last night. Fifth straight win, 4-1 and one against the spread last five games. So not a surprise that Memphis is at least getting the early money. Down to 2.5 at BetMGM, 2 and some other shops. This did open three, but uh, no play for me at this point. Spurs against the Raptors here north of the border in Toronto, and Spurs coming off a loss, and when they've done that, West, they've been a pretty good play. Six and one ATS in their last seven uh, following an ATS loss. The over, by the way, nine and four in their last 13. Conversely, for the Raptors, they have been playing a lot of over games as well. 7-0 uh, to the over in their last 7-7-1 seven, seven ATS in the last games, eight games overall. So they've kind of been resurging a little bit. Boy, that's a high total of 224 and a half. Are those trends leading you in that direction by any chance? Well, uh, this is an interesting game to handicap and one that I have to kind of take a second look at because uh, if you look, the, uh, the Spurs uh, – 
0-3 straight up, 1-2 and two against the number of their last three. Of course, they do have some COVID issues with Doug McDermott, DeJounte Murray, I believe Lonnie Walker, Devontae Kaycock are both out for this one with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you're seeing the Raptors get a little bit of support because the Toronto Raptors actually have their starting five back together. And so far, 2-1 uh, and one straight up, 3-0 and oh against the number of last three games. And if you want to date it back to, to December, 7-4 and four in their last 11, 9-2 and two against the number in their last 11. Toronto is kind of an interesting handicap right now, too, because they only have they have a limit up there in Toronto due to COVID restrictions right. up there in Ontario <laughs> where you can only have a thousand fans in the building, but they're not ticket buyers. They're not like your normal fans that have the season ticket packages. This is basically just FFO, friends and family only wow. in terms of the players and the coaches and whatnot. So it is kind of a little bit of a bubble type of deal. Mm-hmm. If you remember when they played in the bubble mm-hmm. down in Florida. And that's why I think you're seeing it over because, you know, you've kind of got an empty backdrop there and you don't have fans there. So a lot of people like those friendly sight lines where you don't have a lot of spectators, you know, behind the basket and, you know, kind of changes the depth perception a little bit. So did not bet this as of yet would lean a little bit to the over here. It's 224 and a half right now at BetMGM. There's a couple 225s out there as well. That's certainly where I would lean from this standpoint. But Raptors getting some support. I think you're going to see some sevens here very shortly. All right, let's talk about uh, two teams right now that have been, been betting them. You've not been cashing a whole lot of tickets. That would be the Pacers and the Knicks in this matchup in the garden. So Pacers right now, two, five, and one ATS in their last eight, oh, three, and one in their last four road games, ATS, not good. Knicks though, conversely, boy, two and six ATS in their last eight home games and the under, uh, and I'm sure that uh, Tom Thibodeau likes that, is at four and one in their last five overall. So maybe he likes the defense, but you're not liking the numbers here if you've been backing the Knicks at home again, just two and six in their last eight at the Garden. So what do you make of this matchup tonight? Boy, this is kind of a bizarre game because if you look at it with the Pacers, they've got, I believe, six players out due to COVID-19. Malcolm Brogdon, Keelan Martin, Jeremy Lamb, Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte, who's been one of the better rookies yes. in the NBA, their first-round pick out of Oregon, Goga Batadze. So you've got all those guys out, and yet the Knicks, I think, open one and a half, and they're now, I think, two and a half in the market. By the way, no Kemba tonight, no Nerlenzo Well. We know Derrick Rose has been out and, and whatnot. Julius Randle upgraded to questionable. I guess there's a possibility that they think that he is going to go ahead and play tonight, and I think that's probably why you're seeing the move in that direction. But look, New York, uh, two and six ATS in their last home games in, in the Mecca, as I send shivers down Jonathan JVT. Von Tobel's spine, uh, the <laughs> Mecca that is uh, Madison Square Garden. Actually, uh, Ja Rule on New Year's Eve. Yes, Ja Rule performed on uh, one of those New Year's Eve shows, and he goes, this is the Mecca. This is the Mecca. And I could see uh, uh, the horror on John Von Tobel's face. But nevertheless, uh, Pacers have covered their last two games, but they've both been in the role of the underdog. So they are 11-5 and five against the number one. When they're an underdog, seven thirteen and one when they are a favorite. Uh, Indiana, 
you know, possibly they're going to start a rookie backcourt tonight. Dwayne Washington and Keeper Sykes. And uh, born ready, Lance Stevenson is back with the Indiana Pacers. So that at least gives me one reason to watch this uh, dog you-know-what team. (laughs) Did have 13 minutes against Cleveland the other night. New York, uh, they've got, uh, you know, the majority of the starting five out there, but the rotation is messed up. I don't know if Randall's going to be on a minutes restriction, so it's a pass for me. All right, one more game to get to before we take a break. I want to get to the Suns and the Pellies, and the reason why is you have dueling trends in this one, and it always kind of captivates, uh, and certainly the red flag goes up for me when I see this going either direction. Suns, in their last seven on the road, the under has been a, a strong play, 5-1-1 one, one in the last seven, but the Pellies – at home, uh, and overall, by the way, on the road or at home, the overs hit the last four times here, and they are 4-0 ATS uh, in their last four home games. They've been a great play at home. Mm-hmm. So how do you break down those dueling trends? Well, and uh, look, uh, it seems like you're getting some over money here. Monty Williams, by the way, has cleared the COVID health protocol. So as of Tuesday morning, was placed on that list on December 27th. So possibly that he is going to be back for this one Uh And uh, look, uh, Phoenix uh, has been playing, I think, some very solid basketball of late. Uh, uh, Market has moved toward them, but you're getting the usual tax that you get with the second leg of Mm back-to-back. So I think that this number is probably about right in this spot. All right, so going to be a tight line there uh, down there in New Orleans. When we come back, let's talk a little college basketball as well as if you didn't get enough hoops with the NBA. we got some college kids and some action there that you might like. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. is a great new offer to help make this your very best betting season ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And Wes, let's go ahead and take a look at college basketball now because I know for me, and you and I are engaged in football, right? We're locked in betting across America for the entire college football season. Obviously, the NFL, it's the last week of the regular season. You know, January comes around here in the Mm -hmm. new year, and I start to really take a look at what's going on as we get closer and closer because March is going to be here before you know it. And I wonder if we can start separating some good teams from bad teams. I want to talk about Kentucky and LSU because we know – and you and I talk about this at the beginning of the college basketball year. Get Kentucky early. Right. Because you might not get them late. Is this the spot for LSU, also a ranked team here, to get them tonight laying the two and a half at home? It could be, but I got to say, if you're looking maybe at some of the college futures boards and I don't have the prices in front of me, Kentucky might be somebody you want to get involved with because, look, this team's 11-2. and two. They lost that opener against Duke. Mm-hmm. But – They seem to be coming together a little bit 
earlier. Uh, oh. If you look, the offense has been efficient, ninth in adjusted offensive efficiency defensively, 17th, and they're usually going to be pretty solid defensively. Cal's teams usually are. Right. They're also really terrific rebounding. Getting Oscar Tshibwe, the big O there from West Virginia, <laughs> they are number one in terms of offensive rebound percentage. They have 43.5% of their shots they get the offensive rebound wow. on, and that is uncanny. And when you've got arguably the best uh, – rebounder in the country and plus the fact that they can actually shoot the ball a little bit they're not they're they're a little bit above average in terms of three-point shooting they've been above average in recent years and then at the rim you know Tashiboy is going to be able to get kind of what he wants he's absolutely a player of the year candidate right now this is going to be an interesting game and I do kind of like LSU a little bit in the spot now LSU when you lose your first game, sometimes it's tough to come back on a short turnaround. They did lose at Auburn on Saturday. But what worries you a little bit about Kentucky, this is just their second true road game. And remember a few weeks ago, Notre they Dame. struggled. They lost at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big spot for them to get Kentucky to come to South Bend. I don't know if John Calipari is going to go to the Joyce Center uh, <laughs> ever again, uh, just like he won't come to Assembly Hall for Bloomington, but that's another topic <laughs> for another time. Uh, Kentucky's backcourt, too, if you look at them, uh, Ty Ty Washington, the freshman, Sabir Wheeler, the transfer from Georgia, who I think has been a very good leader on the floor for this team. They haven't really seen a lot of defensive pressure this year, and LSU and Will Wade they do a lot of trapping in the backcourt. So this is where like LSU maybe can get out a little bit early. And this could be one where you get into a live betting situation. Cause if LSU just kind of gets them a blitzkrieg early on, yeah. then you got Kentucky having to come back from behind. The problem with LSU, this is not a very good shooting team. This is a team that is very good at getting offense. I think from transition and all that trapping and forcing turnovers, they don't allow a lot at the rim. So they have good shop lockers and they're able to you know get out and run this is number one by the way LSU in adjusted defensive efficiency third and effective field goal percentage fifth in terms of turnover percentage they're forcing turnovers on 27 percent of their opponents possessions but this is not a team that really is a very good outside shooting team only 31 percent that's 266 in all of the nation out of 358 teams so if Kentucky gets these guys into a half court game and that's a little bit with Auburn even though Auburn press and runs a little bit. Auburn got out early and forced LSU to eventually get into kind of a half-court game, and that's not good for the Tigers. Uh, this is a team that wants to get turnovers quick in transition. So can LSU keep Tashibwe kind of neutralized off the glass? Nobody has really been able to do it so far. So if you like Kentucky, maybe wait and see what this game is going to be about 10 minutes in to see if they can make this a half-court game. And then if you watch the game in terms of the game flow, then that's going to favor them. But I do like LSU as a small money line favorite at home. As a VCU alum, Will Wade, of course, came from VCU, and you just described havoc. That's what he wants down there at LSU. They might not shoot it the best, but they're going to get after you defensively. They're going to press. They're going to trap. They're going to try to get turnovers and try to get layups, and that's the way they try to get their offense. Great point, Wes, because, again, they're not going to just sit out there and zone bust you with threes. It's not what Will Wade and LSU does, and he's brought that same style down there to Baton Rouge. Let's talk about Texas and K-State a little bit uh, here tonight. And Texas right now has been playing a lot of under scripts here, five and one uh, to the under in their last six. Uh, the road team, by the way, is nine and three ATS in the last 12 meetings. So 
Again, this would favor Texas if you go by the history of it with the road team here. But what do you make of the Wildcats? Live dog tonight at home? This, by the way, has already moved. I think before we came in here this morning, this was around six or six and a half. But Kansas State only going to have about seven players available due to uh, COVID. Mm. Uh, Noel and Bradford confirmed out possibly more. So the most that they're going to have is seven guys. So that's why you've seen this gravitate toward the Texas Longhorns this year. Playing pretty good defense under Chris Beard. The pace has been relatively slow. You're starting to see eight and a half in the market. Very low total, 122 and a half. Maybe a small lean to the over here in this standpoint of just Kansas State you know, we know we're not going to get it done defensively, so we got to work and, get, and really get it done offensively. Texas, by the way, 355th out of 358 teams in terms of tempo. They are forcing a lot of turnovers and whatnot. They're now 11-2. and two. Their only two losses are at Gonzaga and at Seton Hall, who are obviously both going to be NCAA tournament teams. At eight and a half, I don't know if I'd lay. I think you probably missed the number. Lay, You know, you wanted to lay less than sure. seven here at some point. Small lean to the over. And we'll stay with college basketball, but I do want to give some news that just broke. Okay. Uh, Kevin Stefanski officially, uh, Baker Mayfield, has been ruled out for Sunday. So he is not going to go. He's been dealing with that shoulder injury. So line remains. I'm looking to see if yeah. there's really much adjustment. Not really a lot. I think it was kind of priced in that maybe Baker wasn't going to go. Cincinnati minus three on the road currently at Cleveland. Are you surprised to that end very quickly? We'll get, get back to college basketball before we take a short break. Are you surprised that he played last night then? Because again, they were already ruled out. Now I know during the week you prepped not knowing that you were going to be eliminated from the postseason. But yeah. once the, it was officially you were eliminated, they could have made the change there, and they didn't. And Baker played. We saw him lower his shoulder here. Do you think you've seen the last of Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns uniform? I think you very well could have. And I know that we talked to uh, the gentleman from the Athletic, Zach Jackson, yes. who covers the Cleveland Browns. And he was saying, you know, a month and a half, two months ago, Baker didn't look right, that he was battling some injuries and whatnot. So, yeah, I am a little bit surprised that maybe they didn't go with Keenum in that spot. I'm sure the uh, betters of the uh, Brownies would have much rather seen that. No doubt about it. Look, Baker Mayfield's done everything he can to try to play through pain and try to keep that job. And, and I respect that. I do too. You know, I, I, really I absolutely do. respect him doing that. I mean, but you could just tell he that wasn't right. No, 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 he did. He did not look good at all. They were kind of commenting. Well, every time he spins around, he kind of makes a play, but you don't want your quarterback spinning around like a top very often. So, uh, yeah, it's probably best, you know, for his health. And, you know, we were seeing, I think on one of the monitors, I got to make a long-term decision for my health. So I don't know if this was a mutual thing with sure. him and Stefanski, but nevertheless, Baker Mayfield is not going to go for the finale on Sunday Pretty much market consensus, at least right now. Some books are taking it off the board. Bengals minus three. All right, very interesting scenario there. Let's get back to college basketball. Kansas Rock Chalk Jayhawk tonight going to go to Oklahoma State in a place that's uh, been difficult sometimes for those guys to play in. Uh, right now, Kansas has been playing uh, to a high pace here, the over 4-0 in their last four road games, which is interesting, 4-1-1 ATS in their last six games on the road overall. So it's been a pretty strong play there. And conversely, Oklahoma State 
0-5 ATS in their last five games overall. Mm -hmm. So they're not cashing tickets here. Do those trends continue to Well, and a lot of that has been there's been a COVID situation. They had a shutdown at Oklahoma State. Uh, didn't really sound like it was great. Sometimes these hit programs harder than others. Seems like they it hit them pretty hard. Of course, this is always a big game for Bill Self because he's an Oklahoma State alum. And Oklahoma State, the people in Stillwater have always wanted the hometown boy to kind of come home uh -huh. and coach their program once he's done it at Kansas. So uh, uh, I'm not sure how Oklahoma State is going to be off this shutdown up uh, and and if they're not able to like force you into turnovers they're pretty beatable kansas really efficient offensively mm -hmm. and obviously they are one of the national title contenders going forward i haven't decided if i'm gonna lay it but i don't know if i want any part of oklahoma state against the number four efficient offense in the country they can kind of get what they want at the rim a little bit oklahoma state has lost three of their last four with a tough schedule they have not played actually since that houston game on december 18th so so a little bit of a tough road to hoe, I think, for the Cowboys tonight. Uh, yeah, kind of with you on that. It feels like Kansas or pass in that scenario. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a look at some odds here and pathways for NFL teams to get into the postseason and maybe that how that affects your gambling dollar this weekend before you lay those individual games. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you're also going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Plus, you're going to earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem for room nights, dining at any MGM resort nationwide. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to any BetMGM.com rather and enter the bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your very first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross, West Reynolds wrapping up the Lombardi line here with some NFL conversation. And when you look at week number 18, by the way, the first week number 18 we've ever had in the history of the NFL in the regular season as they have expanded the season. 
And now we have an expanded playoff scenario here. Again, only the number one seeds in each conference will get the first, uh, first round bye. The Packers have already wrapped that up in the NFC. The Titans can do that with a win over Houston. Now they have to go on the road to H-Town to clinch that number one seed. And the opening line was 10. It has crept up to 10 and a half here in this game. And again, I thought it was very interesting in the first hour with Will Hill. And when you look at some of these other ones, I think a lot of betters go, well, they've got to win. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I should play them, right? Because it means nothing to Houston. And sometimes that's why you see those numbers reflected in the, in the betting market where it's already up to 10 and a half. Must win does not always equal must cover. That's right. Repeat that to yourself over the uh, course of this week before you uh, go ahead and wager these games, uh, the two on Saturday, and then, of course, the full slate on Sunday. So, look, uh, go, and we talked about that with Will Hill in the final segment of the last hour. I do like the Houston Texans 10 or uh, better at, at above 10, especially. Yeah, I think, look, this team, regardless of what you think of them, they're not very talented. They're not very good. We already know that at 4 and 12. However, they give you an effort, I think, pretty much almost every week. I know they had that bad game in Buffalo where they got shut out 40 to nothing, but mm -hmm. they've been competitive. And look, that game Sunday was not a great performance, but they were kind of in the game oh, until absolutely. the end. Oh, absolutely. They should have covered against yeah. the Niners last yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, you know, it didn't really get away from them until early fourth quarter. And if you look... They had that win over the Jaguars. They had, of course, the upset over the Chargers. That game against Seattle, they lost by 20. That was a one-score game heading into the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes bad teams are, are going to lose it in the fourth quarter. But I think the last game of the year, knowing that this is it, you're probably going to get an effort. The tax is already in there on Tennessee. And I know Tennessee, also the revenge tax is in there too. Because recall that Tennessee did lose 22 to 13. I think it was the week before Thanksgiving yes. on uh, September ugly game. 21st. Yeah, it was an ugly game. And it was especially ugly for the Texans. They only had 190 yards in that game. 3.1 yards of play. Titans had 420. But it was the turnovers. Yep. Five turnovers. Four interceptions by Ryan Tannehill. But that's already priced in here. I think anything above 10, Houston is worth taking. When we look at those AFC playoff scenarios, the biggest line move of the week is down there in Duval because the Colts opened eight and a half. Mm -hmm. That's already up 15 and a half. It's up seven full points. Mm -hmm. So that is an amazing line move. And again, you look at some of the other ones, you know, Raiders against the Chargers. It stayed right there with the Raiders getting two and a half out here in the desert at home as a home dog. And the Chargers there, conversely, is the, the road favorite. The Bills has fluctuated just a half point, but seven points. Yeah. Was. What What do you make of that adjustment where, where people are obviously hammering the Colts and the books are going, all right, we're going to keep moving this number up until we get buyback on the Jags? Well, and, and look, I would only probably bet Jacksonville on probably going to stay away from this game because, look, uh, we know the history that we mentioned in terms of the Colts not winning there since September of 2014. But this was eight and a half on the look ahead. And then I believe over the weekend it got put out to like 10 <laughs> and then it reopened 13 and a half on Sunday because then the scenario changed. So like I said, you're already paying the tax. It was 13 and a half. Then it went to 14. Then it went to 14 and a half, 15 and a half. Now you're seeing 16. And plus the fact that everybody saw it was not only the Colts having to win, but that Jaguars performance in oh. New England where they got beat 50 to 10. And you're wondering if this Jacksonville team, 
they look like they're a team maybe that have mailed it in on the season, but there's always that risk when you're laying this big number that there is kind of a rally around the family game where it's like you're going to get an effort. You don't really necessarily see the tank. I know everybody talks, you know, Gil Alexander always talks about tankapalooza in the NBA. Number one, players don't tank. No. Organizations tank. Yes. Players don't tank. And look, if you're a Jaguar and like, let's say you're looking at, okay, who's going to be the topic in the draft? Is it going to be like a, let's say it's a defensive end. If you're a Jaguar defensive lineman, are you just going to say, well, I'm not going to play harder. I'm not going to play well because I want to put our organization in a position to draft my replacement. Exactly. Of course you're not. Exactly. So, so that's what I think sometimes fans and sometimes you hear this nonsense and like whether it's sports media or on social media where it's like, ah, they're giving in and whatnot. I don't think that that's happening here. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to take Jacksonville right. plus the points, though. This may be an easy pass or an easy cross off the list here from this standpoint, but... I darn sure wouldn't be laying 16 on the road with the Colts. And this game does have significance for the Steelers because if the Colts somehow were to stumble and stub their toe down there in Duval, then it would take a Steelers win against the Ravens on the road in Charm City mm -hmm. to get the Steelers into the postseason. But again, when you're laying 16, nobody believes that scenario is going to play out. But again, I'm right there with you. It's either a Jags or pass scenario there. Yeah. I just wonder, does this line get to 18? I mean, if it does, they're going to double dog dare you at some point. I don't try know to if it's Jackson. going to get much higher, though. I think eventually there, there would have to be some semblance of a buyback. Uh, 17, I got to think, is the market peak if it even gets there. All right, let's go to the NFC here and look at some scenarios there. And not as wide open as the AFC is as they still jumble and, and f figure out if Tennessee can get that one seed. Because in the NFC, it's a little bit more set with Green Bay already getting that number one seed uh, throughout the playoffs here. And again, we know the Cowboys have already clinched the NFC East. Uh, you know, obviously the Rams right now, they're in the driver's seat in the NFC West if they can win. But it is interesting. If the Rams were to lose this game against the Niners, and that's certainly in the realm of possibility, mm -hmm. Arizona can still win the West. Yeah. So it's fascinating that we, you know, we kind of write out, we had written off the Rams, and then, then we flipped it and wrote off Arizona, and those two scenarios could still play out. So you see this number opening for the Rams at six against San Francisco, and that's down now to four and a half. I think you can understand why. And if you're an Arizona backer, if you had a future play in Arizona to win the West, and they started off seven and oh, you thought, well, that's a lock. Then you thought it was lost money. That thing's still hanging in the balance a little bit. It is. And Arizona, you know, rebounded last week, of course, with the win against Dallas. And really, it was kind of like Dallas got a little bit overpriced yep. in Arizona. You were able to buy on weakness a little bit. Uh, now, Arizona against Seattle, by the way, minus six and a half. We know Arizona is a home favorite, though. It's no great bargain. Four and ten no. under Cliff Kingsbury. Meanwhile, I think he's like he went to 13-3 and two as a road underdog with the win and cover at Dallas. So, I do think Arizona is going to be a popular teaser leg down to about a half a point on a six-point teaser, so I would expect that. That'd probably be the way I would go here. I don't know. I don't like laying points with this team at home. They just they don't no. cover numbers. And meanwhile, we talked about 49ers-Rams earlier. Now starting to see fours in the market and even some three-and-a-halves. I still think there's a four-and-a-hook out here at BetMGM because there's the anticipation, I think, maybe from the market that's like, 
Garoppolo's not going to miss this game, even with that thumb injury, even if he's not 100%. He can't miss this necessarily with the playoffs on the line. So that's why I think you're seeing that, and plus the 49ers history against Sean McVay. I absolutely love the teaser play this week with the Seahawks because if we saw anything last week from Seattle, right, They, I think they just scored another touchdown. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, it's like – you talk about the rally around the troops oh. game. It feels like that's what they're doing down there. Remember, they played really hard against the Rams and should have covered mm. the ones for some bogus calls in the previous game uh, three weeks ago. They easily covered the number last week against the Lions team that had been a cover machine. I'm with you. It's either – I think that window of a T scenario for the, for the Cardinals down to a half point is smart, but I'm also – you can go the other way. I might take the 12-and-a-half here as long as Russell Wilson And I Wilson's totally playing. understand that, too, because it kind of feels like this is the end of the line for the Seattle regime, that there is going to be a rebuild. We don't know if Russell Wilson is going to be back. We don't officially know if Pete Carroll right. is going to be back. Pete Carroll is now turned 70 years old and obviously has won a, you know, a Super Bowl up there. So it's kind of like we've reached the end of the line. We got to go ahead and kind of blow this team up and rebuild from scratch and try to get back to another Super Bowl. I could, you know they'd love to go to Arizona and stick it to them and say, these old guys still got it. Russell still got it. Pete mm-hmm. still got it. You, King Kyler, and you, Cliff Kingsbury, your time will come, but it's still one more shot for us here in Seattle. Uh, Wes, always enjoy it, my friend. Uh, back here tomorrow on the Lombardi Line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 